Hello and welcome to the program UFO Warning. In this episode we're talking about the Belgian wave. That's correct, the Belgian wave. Now I had a, one of the listeners had asked about this topic and I think it's going to be impossible to cover it in just one podcast. I'll probably try to do a couple podcasts because you have all the sightings involved and then you have you know the disclosure that happened around it. Kind of compare that to what uh, happens in the United States when similar uh, sightings happen. I, I think it's worth looking into that. This first article I found from pretty much a mainline website. It's from unsolved.com. If you're familiar with the Unsolved Mysteries uh, program that used to be on the, I believe it was a History Channel or Discovery Channel. It says, Belgian UFO, more than 3,000 people reported sightings of UFOs over Belgium. And this is when they saw this giant, well, the common sighting was this giant uh, triangular-shaped UFO and would have these three large uh, circular uh, lights at the corners of the triangle. And then oftentimes people report seeing this red light in the middle. I mean, it was really something, something along the lines of what happened in Phoenix, Arizona back in, what, 1997? It says, since 1989, thousands of people have reported mysterious lights and shapes in the skies over Brussels, Belgium. Almost all the witnesses describe the same object. Basically, we saw, basically what we saw was a big triangle object with three bright white light lightings in the corners. In the middle was a flashing red light. It passed by approaching the roofs since it was flying so low. You can see three white lights which formed an equilateral triangle. And they got a picture of it here, which is like the pictures that I've seen others. You know, some of us have seen the small UFO triangle shapes that almost to me look like they could be some sort of um, uh, top secret aircraft, the military of some type. Who knows? But they do seem to defy gravity. But this thing here is enormous. And it, like I said, it reminds me of the one that went over Phoenix. It says the mystery of the Belgian UFOs began on November 29, 1989, near the small town of Eupen, less than seven miles from the German border. Gendarmes Enrique Nicole and Hubert von Montigny were on a routine patrol. Heinrich described what he and his partner witnessed that night. Quote, as we approached the crossroads at Nouveau Road, our attention was drawn to an unusual sight. We saw a field near the road that was all lit up. It was like lights on a huge football field. We thought it was strange, and we wanted to know what was causing those lights. There was a huge triangular pattern, and underneath it were strong headlights, and in the middle was this blinking, pulsating orange light. The whole thing was floating in the air. The gendarmes immediately called Albert Kruitz, their dispatcher in Eupen. Quote, suddenly, suddenly they told me they were seeing a strange object in the sky. It made no noise. We joked about it and said it might be Santa Claus trying to land. Kruitz noted the unusual report in his log, but was skeptical, according to Heinrich. He and his partner followed the object as it flew across the Belgian countryside toward Eupen. We could see it clearly because the headlights were very strong. We could also see the flickering orange ball underneath. We were driving very slowly because it seemed like there was someone in that object and that somebody was trying to observe what was happening on Earth. You kind of can get a feel for this observer effect. Like a lot of people, when they see these things this close, they feel some, some kind of connection. They do feel this overwhelming sense that there is this intelligent force controlling this thing. 
It says, Then a strange light flashed across the window of Albert Coote's office. Off in the distance I could see something bright, but I didn't know what it was. Suddenly I saw something that looked like a laser beam shoot out of the light and then come back to the light. Heinrich and his partner followed the silent object. We continued to observe the object as it circled over the city of Yupin. It appeared to be heading toward the forest. On each side of the object there was a kind of laser beam and a ball that was leaving the object and coming back as if the ball were to measure something. So it was easy for us to keep track of it in the sky. So this thing is like the mothership. It's sending out some kind of probe, it sounds like. Now, the article here, and I'll put this up on the Buy Me A Coffee website, has an actual photo of this thing that somebody took. Remember, 1989, photo equipment not nearly as advanced as today. And this is a massive triangle with these three intensely bright circular lights at the corner of each of the triangle, and in the middle, this intense bright light. I mean, there's no way in the world you could call this thing a drone or a piece of space trash or swamp gas or anything else. It is what it is. It says, Kritz contacted four local airports. Each reported no unusual activity for at least 30 minutes. The gendarmes watched as the object hovered in the distance. And then, according to Heinrich, quote, all of a sudden it came out of nowhere, another spacecraft. We were a little frightened. The one we had been following was still over there. And now a second one was rising up into the sky. At a given moment, it tilted slightly. We could see again the shape of a triangle with bright headlights. We could see some kind of dome on the top of two or three small windows. And there was a light inside the object. By the time we realized what it was, the object flew away. You can imagine that. They're sitting there just spellbound seeing this large triangular shaped UFO with these bright, bright lights on it. And then they see a second one. And this one, they can see even more detail on it. Moments later, Albert Kurtz became a believer himself. Through the open window, I saw a strange machine floating about 500 feet away from me. It looked like a large ship floating in the air. It drifted in front of me for a few seconds and flew away in the direction of La Calamine. It was a beautiful thing to see. Within minutes, two other gendarmes reported a similar object over the village of La Calamine, eight miles to the north. One of them, Dieter Plumens, had no doubts about what he saw. Quote, we heard our colleagues talking about this flying object. In the beginning, we thought it was some sort of a joke, but when we saw something, it wasn't funny anymore. Both of us had a strange feeling. It was impossible to explain what the object was. We thought it was an American airplane or something. We had no other explanation for what it might be, but it was real and it was above us. Now, naturally, you would have a strange feeling seeing something this large and being that in that closer proximity to it. I can totally understand that. And what are the, what's the first thought? Well, this must be some sort of American airplane. But, you know, when you spot these things in the middle of nowhere where there would be no reason for them to be there, you can also rule that out, I believe. All four of the sightings occurred in one hour within 20 miles of each other. That same day, 11 other gendarmes and more than 100 private citizens came forward with similar reports of UFOs over Belgium. Then in April of 1990, an amazing photograph was taken. It showed the same array of lights described by the eyewitnesses. By using a computer to enhance the film's contrast, the triangular shape was clearly visible. This amazing image was the first photographic evidence that UFOs had invaded the skies above Belgium. Overwhelmed by the number of sightings, Belgium authorities brought in an organization called SOBEPS, it's S-O-B-E-P-S, to coordinate reports and set up procedures for dealing with future close encounters. 
they didn't have to wait very long. So I think as a reader pointed, as a listener pointed out to me, they had a different way of dealing with this UFO mass sighting there in Belgium. They actually, you know, put together a group of investigators, brought them in to talk to people. So at least I guess they got the facts down. In our own country, the first thing the government would do would be to go on a depersoning campaign and a debunking campaign to try to cover the whole thing up, it seems. Look what happened in Arizona when they trotted out Governor uh, Sifington to and, and an actor in a uh, in a alien suit to, to to make fun of people. Totally different, totally different reaction. According to Captain Jacques Pinson of the Gendarmerie, he was called to a home outside of Brussels when dinner guests reported seeing strange lights in the sky. These points of light were very different than other stars. They were much bigger and much brighter, not the color of stars. The main colors were reddish or yellow, and the others were green. Later, they began to travel the short distance in an erratic manner. At the same time, radar at a NATO tracking station detected an unknown object at that exact location. Lieutenant Colonel Pierre Billon reported that the object showed up as a small circle with a tail in the lower left quadrant of the radar screen. It's interesting that they say it had a tail, like it was obviously leaving some kind of radar track behind it. We phoned to see other civilian and military radar sites like Simazog, Verton, St. Hubert, and they had previously the same echo at the same place. We were unable to identify this echo as being either enemy or friendly. It was not very clear for us that there was an aircraft. With confirmations from four radar stations, two F-16s from the, from the Belgium Air Force were immediately deployed. Their mission was to locate and identify the object. The pilots soon locked onto it with their onboard radar. But after just five seconds, the object bolted out of range at an incredible rate of speed. Belgian, Belgian Air Force Major General W.J.L. de Brouwer was at a loss to explain the encounter. I guess we're lucky they didn't shoot sidewinder missiles at it. We measured some exceptional accelerations which cannot be related to conventional aircraft. That is clear. So here you have their Air Force Major General coming out and saying, look, this thing is way faster than anything that we have. A completely different reaction to what we see in our own country. This is how disclosure should be handled. Just tell the truth. For the next hour, the objects seem to play a high-tech game of cat and mouse. According to Lieutenant Colonel Billen, each time pilots achieved lock-on, the object darted out of range. The pilots confirmed that it was impossible for them to accelerate as quick as the target was doing. When the jets on when the jets onboard radar footage from that night was analyzed, the UFO could be seen climbing from 7,000 feet to 10,000 feet in a matter of seconds. Then, incredibly, the object plummeted to just 500 feet in only five seconds and accelerated to more than 1,000 miles per hour. That's one and a half times the speed of sound. This extraordinary combination of acceleration and descent would be fatal to a human pilot. And another peculiar fact, even the craft, even though the craft exceeded the speed of sound, no one on the ground reported hearing a sonic boom, according to Major General de Brouwer. No known aircraft was capable of such acrobatics. That's, that's really interesting. No no sonic boom. That's something we've heard before about these things. The data then on all these performances, which were registered during the lock-on of the radar, it was totally outside of the normal performance envelope of any airplane. The Belgium UFOs have been observed by thousands of eyewitnesses. 
They have been recorded on military radar and one unknown object evaded sophisticated fighter jets, yet skeptics Yet skeptics dismiss the sightings as nothing more than UFO hysteria. They believe that the radar reports are the result of false echoes or changes in atmospheric conditions. But gendarme Heinrich Nicole said he knows what he witnessed. It gets to the point when these people are so close-minded as debunkers that they're simply ignoring what's in front of their face. They're so afraid that they're going to have to adjust a paradigm of their own reality. Some people don't believe us and the things we have seen, well, they're afraid to believe us. It doesn't matter to me, but I have seen something. And what else can I say? It was not some invention of my mind. I saw it, and it was very real, and it happened, just as I have said. And that's, that's, just, that's how it is. Based on their radar data, Major General DeBauer concluded that conventional aircraft were no match for the advanced technology his jet fighters encountered. I think it's our job to try to find out if there is really something in the air, where it comes from, what the origin is, and what the intentions are. Indeed, there is something going on in Belgium which is beyond our control. Despite thousands of sightings in Belgium, there have been just a few reports in the neighboring countries of France, Germany, and the, and the Netherlands. For skeptics, this is more proof that the sightings are the result of overactive imaginations. Maybe the people in Belgium are just paying attention. Some people, however, speculate that UFOs may be attractive to Belgium's highway system. It is so brightly lit at night that it was visible even to the astronauts on the moon. Well, that's pretty impressive if it was visible clear back in, you know, the, in, what, 1969 or whatever, when we were on the moon. You could see it, imagine what it'd be like today with even, you know, how the lights are even brighter, actually. Really cool article. Now, I want to look at one more on this. Uh, sighting this wave of ufo sightings from well what's it been 34 years now now uh in belgium i remember when this happened uh it was big news although i think it would have been bigger news if it would have happened in the united states and of course you have to remember 1989 the internet really wasn't a thing yet uh cell phones weren't a thing and so this was a you know a much different time but still a couple of pictures did manage to um survive and we have lots and lots of accounts from what uh, would be uh, regarded as credible witnesses or even expert witnesses. Everything from police officers to uh, military jet pilots to you know, high-ranking you know officers in the military telling us what they saw, what they tracked, and what they believe it wasn't. So let's take a look at this next article right here. So we've been talking about this wave of UFO sightings that happened over Belgium um, back in 1989 into 1990. Multiple sightings of this giant football-sized uh, triangular craft with these uh, enormous uh, circular lights at each corner. Giant circular light in the middle, white lights on the corner, red or orange light in the middle. These white lights were described as being so bright that you could read a newspaper by them if you're under this craft. Now remember, the witnesses included multiple pairs of uh, police officers. Police officers considered a reliable witness. That's a guy that if he sells a judge, I saw this guy rub a bank, pretty good chance you're going to go to prison. But if the same police officer sees a UFO, then all of a sudden uh, he doesn't know what he's seen. So we've got the, we've had multiple, multiple police officer sightings. We've got data from the F-16 fighter pilots that went in pursuit of this thing, radar data. We have radar data from multiple ground radar sites. And then we have uh, reports of 
of uh, at least 30 groups of people that have seen these things. And we have statements from uh, high-level military people in the Belgium military saying, hey, we don't know what this is. They opened an investigation. They set up an investigative committee. It seems like they've been transparent about it or to the best they could be. Still, no answers. Now, that having been said, this isn't the only place that these triangle UFOs have been seen, and they are seen in multiple in multiple sizes. Okay, the one they're talking about is just almost like a mothership, you know, where you have this giant football-sized craft, and like they talked about it sending probes that came that seemed like there were probes coming out of the thing, coming out of the craft, down toward the ground, back up again. Second craft shows up. These are very large craft. There's also smaller craft, like craft the size of a fighter plane. I've talked about the one that I've spotted where I live out in the middle of nowhere, how it just seemed to uh, cruise across the sky at a far too slow of an altitude to be at that height, how it just almost seemed to almost stop over our heads, make a right angle turn, and head north, something that a conventional aircraft could never do. Now, whether that was some sort of top secret aircraft we don't know about, but it seemed to, in many ways, defy gravity to me. But it's not the same thing as this giant, enormous football-shaped craft that hovers over an area and with these intensely bright lights. What I saw could have been easily overlooked if somebody wasn't paying attention or hadn't noticed it. What these guys saw was, you know, it, it, it was world news because it was just so in your face. Now, this article here comes to us from the sun.co.uk. It's dated August 27th, 2022. Written by Henry Holloway, it says, Black Project, hunt for mysterious UFO black triangles that buzzed Britain for years that could be top secret hypersonic U.S. weapons. So right off the right off the bat, it seems to me like they're trying to convolute things. They're saying, well, these could be hypersonic weapons. It says, UFOs shaped like mysterious black triangles or diamonds have been repeatedly spotted flying over Britain and Europe. The objects were intercepted by fighter jets in Belgium, tracked by a NATO radar traveling at incredible speeds, and one potentially even crashed at an RAF base. So they've thrown a lot of stuff into it here. They've said some things that I think probably muddy the waters a bit. These police officers aren't describing these things uh, traveling at extremely fast speeds until they talk about them like darting up into the air. They're mostly just hovering around there. Mostly just kind of moseying along, so to speak. When they want to, they can travel at very high speeds. It says, shapes in the sky appear to have menaced the airspace over northern Europe for the better part of a decade, and there was, and there is still, and there has still been no answers. With some of these guys, you really wonder where they learned to write at. I think what they meant to say was, and there has still been no answers as to what they may have been. It is still a genuine mystery. These triangle sightings in the 80s and 90s are significant, but still unexplained, former Minister of Defense UFO investigator Nick Pope told The Sun online. I like Nick, but I don't know, man. A lot of times it seems like he's just uh, absent of answers. Was it all an elaborate hoax, an example of mass panic, alien spacecraft, repeated misidentification of conventional planes, or perhaps top-secret U.S. technology? Look, these guys knew that what they saw was not an airplane. Britain always denied it was aware of any experimental U.S. aircraft operating in its airspace, but declassified documents show Whitehall feared it was being kept in the dark by the Americans. Mr. Pope added, The 80s and 90s marked the height of a worldwide wave of sightings of triangular and diamond-shaped UFOs. The civil servant who joined the MOD in 1992 and worked in Whitehall until 2004 
said the situation reached near hysteria behind closed doors, with many being confused and conflicted over the reports. He said the similarities between many of the sightings had been spooky, with mystery aircraft able to accelerate at speeds many times faster than conventional jets. And this was coming to us from people in the Air Force and pilots, not just wide-eyed witnesses, the investigator added. Look, they're leaving out the part about these things uh, defying gravity. This idea that this thing could just hang here. That's the part that's interesting to me. And one of the most compelling incidents involving these triangles or diamonds is a so-called Calvin photograph. The photo shows an angular object appearing to be hanging in the sky with a Harrier fighter jet also visible before witnesses claim it jetted into the sky at a high rate of speed. Mr. Pope first revealed the existence of the photo in his 1996 book, Open Skies, Closed Minds, but says he cannot confirm the veracity of the newly released image, which was released this month after being found in possession of a former RAF press officer. However, the Calvine incident appears to have just been the tip of the iceberg, with reports of the sightings making it all the way up to the MPs and Lords in Westminster. Mr. Pope told The Sun Online, we were either dealing with some sort of secret prototype aircraft or drone, or with something extraterrestrial. The possibility was seriously discussed, and while never proven, wasn't taken off the table. Look, you can look at these at those reports in Belgium. Those things, uh, not possible that those were man-made. Size of a football field, hovering in midair, then takes off at a high rate of speed. Now, something like what I saw, size of an airplane seems to be moving too slow for a jet. Maybe, maybe you could just stretch it and say, well, it's possible that they've got something that could nearly stop on a dime at you know, 10, 20,000, 30,000 feet, make a right-hand turn and go. So you see the difference? When you have these sightings in Belgium. They are so over the top. I just don't see any way somebody can say these are a top secret craft. I just don't get it. What I saw, yeah, okay, I, I, I can entertain that notion. It says, Mr. Pope told the Sun Online we were either dealing with some sort of secret prototype aircraft or drone or something extraterrestrial. The possibility was seriously discussed and while never proven wasn't taken off the table, he went on and told the press office to tell journalists that the UFO phenomenon was of no defense significance. But behind closed doors in Whitehall, my, Whitehall myself and others and my colleagues were extremely concerned and worked hard to resolve the issue. We never did. Really, I mean, they were working hard to resolve it. What, what, what could they have done, honestly? The MOD closed down its office in 2000, its UFO office in 2009, and since this has maintained, they have no interest in the phenomena, despite renewed intense interest in the U.S. And then it says, uh, Mr. Pope described navigating through the UFO issue as wilderness of mirrors with many different departments and factions all working against each other. That I can believe. Everyone thinks the government pulls in the same direction on issues, and people use the phrase the government as a single monolithic entity with a single voice, he added. But that is not the case. It's factional. It's divided. Departments go against each other, and that is and that was the same with UFOs. It's divided to the point that we have a thing, I believe, called the deep state. We were fighting against some who just wanted the problem to go away, so we had to trade carefully. Mr. Pope says there was no catch-all explanation for the flurry of sightings and added there is nothing mutually exclusive about extraterrestrials and secret prototype aircraft. You can have both. I would agree with that. And he explained how both the U.S. and U.K. ended up asking each other if they were testing secret prototype aircraft, a row which left the U.S. Air Force chief at the time incandescent with rage. 
quote-unquote. But he said that while some sightings could have been secret advanced aircraft, there are many others which remain a genuine mystery. Exactly. Just like I said, this giant football-shaped triangular craft over Belgium, ain't no way that, they're, that, that we're building that. The one that I saw acted very strange, seemed to have properties of, that, of, of anti-gravity. Well, I guess, maybe, Scotland and the North Sea seem to be at the center of this flurry of sightings during the late 1980s and early 1990s. It has been speculated that RAF Makarhanish, which was used by the Americans during the Cold War, could have been a base for highly advanced experimental aircraft, often dubbed the Aurora. I think we're getting into la-la land here when we start to think about back in the 70s and 80s that we were so advanced that we were, that we were building UFOs. It just seems... It seems almost laughable to me, honestly. The Aurora is a triangle-shaped craft designed for incredibly high-speed reconnaissance hitting hypersonic speeds of 6,000 miles per hour. The aircraft has never definitely has never been definitely proved to exist, and no such project has never been public by the Pentagon. RAF Makrahanish is a highly isolated base on the tip of Kintyre Peninsula, has a 10,000-foot-long runway, and was the emergency landing site for the space shuttle. Sounds like something maybe they would use for, you know, some of the old spy planes. In, 19, in the 1960s, the space had been designated Naval Aviation Weapons Facility Macarangers with its mission to store classified weapons. U.S. forces moved out of the base in 1995. The base was around 150 miles from the location where the Calvine photograph was taken in 1990. Maybe they were there checking things out. So could the base have been at the center of the Black Triangle story? And could the shape of at Calvine have been the Aurora or another top of secret experimental craft? You're really getting into a lot of conjecture there. You know, I I, I think they're not offering they're not offering any. It's it's a straw man a straw man argument. They're not offering uh, any sort of argument that stands up to critical thinking that explains how uh, our own government could have the technology to build one of these things. You're talking about a craft that would weigh thousands and thousands of pounds that defies gravity. Even the small one that I saw, an airplane is not capable of coming to a near complete stop and making a right hand turn, okay, as it just traverses along without making a sound, by the way. So let's explain how these things fly first, and then we can talk about whether or not it's something that the U.S. government could have created. They can't even explain it in theory, let alone in fact. Mr. Pope told The Sun online he could not go into detail regarding the base due to the Official Secrets Act, but said it was a perfect location if the U.S. did want to test experimental craft over the Atlantic. Elsewhere, sources told the Scotsman in 1992 that an RFA traffic controller detected an unexplained blip emerging from RAF Macrohanish. The source recorded the object moving at three times the speed of sound, so the traffic controller contacted the base. He was allegedly told to forget what he had witnessed and not mention it again. That's a little different. That could have very well been a, a you know, a blackbird or a, I, I don't think of that fast or a missile or whatever. He says, and another separate report states a high speed blip was detected over the North Sea by a, a radar station at Presswick. It was reported to RAF Buchan only for the base to deny all knowledge of the craft of any craft in the area the article also reported other sources claiming to have heard an unusual ear-splitting jet noise being heard nine miles from macrohanish completely different type of event from what we've seen happen over belgium or any of these other triangle sightings sounds like a top secret airplane to me 
a mysterious fast-moving shape in the sky has been scaring sheep in the mole of Kintra, reported the Sunday Telegram in 1992. And then we travel south to RAF Pascombe down in Woolshaw, where in September 26, 1994, something very strange occurred while it was under the control of the MOD's experimental research. It says locals reportedly heard a loud, unusual humming noise for days before as some kind of aircraft appears to have touched down a few days later. And then four days later, witnesses allegedly spotted an unusually shaped aircraft sitting damaged on the runway covered in tarpaulins, and reportedly the SAS were deployed to protect the work. Completely different sort of sighting than what we've seen in Belgium. Can you see how they're really trying to muddy the waters here? Mysterious aircraft had been seen coming and going from the base, including priority transports for U.S. defense officials and an unmarked Boeing 707. Okay, a mysterious aircraft is not the same thing as a football-sized, triangular-shaped UFO with lights that are so bright you can read the newspaper by them. Okay, the craft, the crashed aircraft reported, re reportedly remained hidden at a hangar until September 28th when a U.S. C5 Galaxy craft was used to carry it away, blah, blah, blah. So it goes on here, and then we'll get down to, to the, end of, the end of the article, and it says, Britain was not alone, as the sightings were also reported on the continent, with reports in, no in Norway and famously Belgium. So what I've just read to you, this whole article from The Sun, is basically a straw man argument. So learn to recognize these. What this author has cleverly done, I guess you could say, has gone through this whole litany of, potential top secret aircraft that are nothing like what was seen in Belgium, okay? But because people have a natural distrust for the government, because the government we do know is constantly trying to make advances in aerospace. So we're open to hear this stuff. So he presents this whole argument about how uh, likely the U.S. government or the British government was testing highly advanced aircraft in the early 90s, late 80s, there in the U.K., and then he pivots to the Belgium wave. He says, known as the Belgium UFO wave, the flurry of reports came from November 1989 to April 1990, with many people citing fast-moving triangular-shaped objects. Okay, he's lying to you. Let's just be honest. He's lying to you by omission. Now, it may be intentional. It may not be intentional. But you notice in the other article I read, the first time they pointed out that the thing was hovering there triangular-shaped UFO with intensely bright lights that could light up the whole area was hovering there. That's the first thing those cops saw. They didn't just say, oh, there's a bright light flying through the sky. Completely different phenomena. Completely. So he's starting to, mis he's starting to mislead you a little bit here. Two F-16s were scrambled to intercept one of the objects on the night of March 30th, 1990. This is after months of seeing these things. He's leaving out a lot of information. The planes reportedly attempted nine intercepts of the object but struggled to obtain radar lock on the shape. Major William Wilford D. Brower was previously said he suspected the Americans were operating experimental aircraft over Belgium. It goes way beyond that, but he was not but he was met with denials from the highest levels of the US and NATO. Quote, pilots tried to intercept the alleged crafts and at one point recorded targets on their radar with unusual behavior such as jumping huge distances in seconds and accelerating beyond human capacity, he said. And meanwhile, for the north, Norwegians are said to have seen, have been complaining about unexplained sonic booms along the north coast during this same time period. He's, he's bringing in these reports of sonic booms, 
they're in east they're in western europe there there's airplanes from the u.s flying around all the time doesn't mean they're related in any way remember if we go back to the first article they specifically tell us these things didn't make any noise but this author once again wants to mislead you to thinking oh well it must have been some sort of top secret airplane Whichever way you look at it, it certainly appears something was going on in the skies of North America. Now, he's trying to cover his trail a little bit because he knows he's lied to and misled you, in my opinion. Okay, So he's he's coming in here with this uh, kind of uh, blanket statement. They do this all the time. They'll either admit facts, uh, lies through omission, or lies through commission. And then after they've done that, where they've really tried to... Uh, muddy the waters and make it so you can't see what's going on, then they'll throw a blanket statement over it. Oh, there's 500 reports, but only three of them were probably UFOs, and we can just let those go. It says, Graham and Rindell, an aviation expert from UAP Media UK, appealed to authority, the group who helped reveal the Calvin photo to the Sun Online, quote, rumors of secret U.S. tech either flying over Britain or using our air bases abounded during the 1980s and early 1990s. And then they go on and they just do some more just nonsense debunking. But I wanted to read this article because it does have to acknowledge the facts. Okay. Even though they don't they they lie by they lie by emission, they're not telling you the size of these things, they're not telling you the experiences of multiple police officers. But they have to at least acknowledge this Belgium wave did happen. So this to me is a clear piece of disinformation and propaganda. It's called misdirection. So, so many people to this day even uh, have heard of the Belgium wave because these UFOs were so big. We had multiple pairs of police officers uh, witness these things, carefully note their experiences, carefully report them to dispatch in real time. Then, like I said, we had actual data that was saved from multiple radar uh, installations on the ground conversations between these folks we've got radar data from the f-16s that approach uh, these things we have statements from the military and government officials in belgium uh, trying to investigate what was happening uh, not being able to explain it and so and we also had at least 30 other um, groups of individuals report these things so we had uh, an impeccably documented mass ufo sighting that occurred over a period of months and very strong commonalities uh, from each sighting. That happened. And it was just so in your face, people couldn't ignore it. I remember when this happened. And this is pre-internet. Imagine if it would have happened today. So in spite of that mass sighting being documented so well, in spite of relative transparency from the government and the military, in spite of all that, then what you see is other governments coming in, like the UK here or the US, and trying to take that story and develop a parallel narrative. So we have the original narrative. Giant football-shaped UFOs show up over Belgium. We have multiple witnesses. Boom, there's your narrative. Wow, look at those things. Here's your parallel narrative coming along 30 years later. 30 years, hoping that by now people will have forgotten some things and they can really sow some weeds in the garden, so to speak. And what are they doing? Well, we had lots and lots of these crazy triangles flying around and they were happening over a lot of, of these uh, bases where the U.S. had stuff at. And people saw a lot of mysterious aircraft. Of course, they all had wings and landed at the airport. None of them were the size of a football field, but, you know, people saw some pretty mysterious stuff. 
it must all be part of the U.S. government to cover up uh, their own advanced UFO program. And why? Well, because they care about us so much. So you have you you just see this clear strategy from this author right here. They they begin they develop a parallel narrative. They do they mix and ma they create a straw man argument, and then they appeal to authority to try to uh, validate that straw man argument. So that's the trap. I just so when you when you come across these these articles written uh, about UFO encounters and sightings and this and that, be on the lookout for these traps. In the meantime, I, I'm doing some research for this. I just was overwhelmed by. Uh, the amount of uh, documentation and how well this thing was recorded uh, over 30 years ago now, 33 years, it could possibly be one of the best uh, mass UFO sightings in, in modern history, I believe. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.